from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It's the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well. Hope it finds you warm and dry today. Boy, it is nasty across the Gulf South today. And even for those of you listening up north, perhaps, maybe there's even snow here for you on this Tuesday. Crazy here on April the 15th. Tax day, of course. And, uh, yes, I still have some work to do. Hopefully you've got yours knocked out and you've made amends with uh, Uncle Sam. But uh, it is what it is, I guess. Happy to be with you here on the podcast for the Saints and Pelicans. We've got a nice show for you today because of, really, frankly, the good news served up to us at the Smoothie King Center last night. Boy, what a game for the New Orleans Pelicans as they won their next-to-last home game of the year with a win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. 101-89 was the final score last night. The ball game secured a winning record for the Pelicans at home this season at Smoothie King Center. It also snapped an eight-game losing streak, and it stopped a 10-game win streak for the Thunder over the Pelicans, and they do it shorthanded last night against Kevin Durant and company. Wow, what a, what a ball game. Big crowd, too. That was a lot of fun. And Tyreek Evans, who uh, was almost a no-go last night, ended up having the night of his career. 41 points was a new career high for Tyreek Evans. It was also the most points scored by a Pelican in any game this season. We're going to hear from uh, Mr. Evans a little bit later in today's Black and Blue report, and uh, we'll hear from Coach Williams, his uh, thoughts after his team pulled off that big upset last night at home. So that's a, that's a feel-good part of our program today. I also caught up with uh, Drew Holiday last night in the Pelicans locker room before the ball game and uh, got some updates from him, and I'll share that with you on the Black and Blue report today. And on the football side of things, we'll continue our NFL Draft preview series as we check in on the Tennessee Titans and their uh, run-up to the draft, which is yours, on May 8th, 9th, and 10th. So that'll be a little bit later in the program. All right, so that uh, big game last night at the Smoothie King Center. Uh, enjoyed calling it with John DeShazer on the radio. I hope you caught some of it on the radio if you were not there in person. Uh, and with that, we probably should play a little highlight pack for you and relive some of the moments from last night's win. Throw it into Morrow. Now on a sliding Melvin Eli down the lane, catching a dunk with two hands. That's a nice pocket pass as he dove down from the right elbow. Over to Sutherland, right wing, drives the baseline, kicks corner left, Miller, shot fake from three, moves in for a two. No, dunk follows in for Jasinsa. And with 2.50 left in the half, the Pelicans are within 344 to 41. Oh, and Evans down the right side of the lane, fakes one through his legs, and then lays it up and in. And looks at the OK bench, the OKC bench, like, how you like me then? Uh-huh. Eli throws off the left elbow, block left for Evans. Up top, Babbitt fires for three. Buried it over Cephalosha. Luke Babbitt now has eight, and the Pelicans lead again by three, 66-63. Yes. Pelicans trailed by one to start this quarter. Evans spins with the dribble, eludes his man, throws wing left for Miller. Pivots, throws back up top to Evans, drives, climbs Roberson, goes past to Buck, and lays it in. 24 for Evans. Evans drives around a high middle screen by Withy. 
Goes uphill on a snap pass to Babbitt. Zings it sideline left. Miller for three. Pow! Right in the kisser. Darius Miller says, right back at you. It's 80 to 77. Evans between the rings. Evans straight away for three. Get out of town. Yeah. New career high. Tyreek Evans with 37 points. Makes it 90 to 82. Yeah, yeah, he's feeling it. Evans almost broke the ankles of Fisher. Still top of the arc. One on one. Drives him to the right side of the lane. Contact, no whistle. Down the right side of the lane. Banks it high. Layup good. Evans still jaw jacking at the Thunder bench. He has 41. That's the most points by a Pelican this year in a game. 152 to go. Each team with a full and 22nd timeouts. Evans throws to Babbitt. Left side for three. Bang! Luke Babbitt jumps in on the fun with Evans, and the Pelicans are going to pull it off. They're up 10 with 142 to play. So there you have it. Pelicans over the Thunder last night. 101-89 was the final. Pelicans are now 33-48. and In just a moment, we'll hear from head coach Monty Williams and Tyreek Evans, too. Hey, big night for Daniel Salerson, our producer and studio host. He's throwing out the first pitch at the Tulane baseball game versus McNeese State tonight. Uh, he'll take off the mittens just prior to the start of the ball game and get the whole thing started with, I'm sure, a strike. All right, so still to come, Tennessee Titans draft talk for our NFL draft preview series. But up next, we'll hear from Monty Williams and Tyreek Evans after last night's big win at the Smoothie King Center. Dan Evans reporting live on the street for Newsbeat. People all across Louisiana are going crazy over getting their refund check. Reporter dude, I just got my refund check totally awesome. It seems a bit early to be getting a tax refund check, but wait, I just got word from the control room that refund check is a new scratch-off from the lottery where you could win up to $4,000. You can get your refund check at any lottery retailer, but you must be at least 21 to purchase. Refund check from the lottery rocks. Dude. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. This is Pelican Forward, Tyreek Evans, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, our NFL Draft Preview Series continues with the Tennessee Titans today. But more now on the ball game last night between the Pelicans and the Thunder. And while we had a lot of offense from Tyreek Evans last night, I'm sure Coach Williams was pleased with his team's defense. They held the, uh, Pel- uh, the uh, Thunder, rather, one of the most prolific scoring teams in the NBA, to 89 points and 40.3% shooting. Here's my one-on-one with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams after the win at the Smoothie King Center. There's always talk about hanging in there and character, and, and tonight was uh, example A for that. And um, Our practices are always really good. Shoot-arounds are great. And then, you know, you're seeing the carryover from a team that's just going to play until they take us off the floor. And, you know, the contributions were uh, phenomenal. But, you know, Tyreek with 41, 9, and 8, um, and he wasn't going to play today. That's the amazing part. You know, I just told him, I said, it's amazing how the Lord works stuff out. He, you know, he wants to play. They make a last-minute decision to uh, let him go out there and work out and see how he felt. He felt great. 
and uh, Austin gets thrown out. He has to play the rest of the game, and that was a Magic Johnson night. Did you say anything to him after Austin was ejected as far as, hey, you got you got to take us the rest of the way? Anything along those lines that, that – put him in a position to drive you home? No, he kind of knew. I mean, you can look at our bench and tell we don't have another point guard. Um, The only thing I struggled with was trying to get him a a break, and I started to at the 8.59 to try to take him out right before that so he'd have that little bit of time to sit out and and then get back in the game after that timeout. But I looked at him, and he didn't look tired. And so I just, you know, this is an extreme situation, so we need guys to – to step up and do some things they typically wouldn't be asked to do. But I, I didn't say much to him. He, he knows, um, having been around me for a while, if he plays hard and defends, he's going to have the freedom to do what he, he can do on offense. What goes into holding that team to 89 points? It, it, you know, they, they missed a lot of shots. But I, I thought our schemes were sound. You know, we wanted to get the ball out of Kevin's hands as much as we could. Um, and so they went away from pick and roll, and he started driving the ball more. And then you're... You know, you're at the mercy of him missing a shot. But I thought Darius uh, was sound on him, and Chief did a decent job. But Darius was able to not foul him on jump shots. And then our bigs, you know, Jeff got a block at the rim, and he got it back and made it. But I thought it exemplified our attitude tonight. We weren't just going to give up uh, layups and dunks the way we did when we were at their place a few days ago. How much did your team need a win like this, or at least to feel like this after a ball game? We just needed to win. You know, we, we've played all these close games, and down the stretch, hadn't been able to pull it out. We had Houston the other day, we felt like, and uh, couldn't seal the deal. Tonight, uh, playing against maybe the best team in the West, them or San Antonio, and, you know, they played Durant 42 minutes and Ibaka 40. So I told our guys they went after the game tonight, and we still won. So that says a lot about those guys in the locker room. Well, of course, hear more from Coach tomorrow when the Pelicans wrap up the regular season against the Rockets. And then on Thursday night, as we wrap up the uh, Monty Williams show for the season as well. All right, Tyreek Evans, 42 minutes, 12 seconds playing last night. 41 points on 14 of 26 shooting. While he was one of seven from beyond three, he added at 12 points at the free throw line. He had nine rebounds and eight assists in taking a player of the game honors and John DeShazer was with him and the rest of the media that was still in the locker room when Tyreek Evans emerged from the showers last night after a long night at work. I don't know. It was one of those nights, man, where I felt like nobody could stick me. I mean, uh, nobody could guard me out there. I just, you know, um, seeing gaps, you know, I was finishing strong. Knee was sore, but, you know, it was just the moment of the game. I just fighting through it. You know, coach did a good job of putting the ball in my hands. You know, letting me operate and pick and roll, and I just, just did the right thing. But it was, it was a team. You know, when we, when they helped, you know, I found guys and they made open shots. I wish you went to point guard with Austin getting thrown out after a scuffle. What, what did that? How did that affect you mentally? Uh, I just knew it was going to be uh, me handling the ball a lot. I mean, I know Austin in the game. You know, we go back and forth, bringing the ball up. You know, switch. But uh, you know, when he got thrown out, you know, coach called my name right away. You know, and I was like, it's going to be one of those games where I just got to fight through, you know, push it, push through the rest of the second half, you know, just try to find a way to win, you know, because we needed to win back. Yeah, Coach said you could barely make it through the shoot around this morning and right. yet you're able to play 42 minutes. Did you feel like you were going to be able to handle that kind of workload? No, I didn't. I mean, when shoot around this morning, you know, it was it was hurting bad, you know, but I, I still was trying to fight the shoot around. My coach seen me limping. He was like, sit down, just try to go tonight. You know, I got treatment, issue, you know, the guy did a good job, you know, and uh, did a little warm up. 
It was a little sore, but once like, the game came and started moving around, getting warm, you know, it felt a little better. But it's still sore, though. But were you surprised they didn't double team you? Nah, man. Um, they just seen a lot of guys on me, man. I seen like four different guys on me, you know. And uh, you know, when I seen that, you know, I just still in attack mode, you know, no matter who they put on me, you know. And uh, you know, they try to, you know, weak me in the pick and roll, but I think I did a good job of mixing it up, you know, weakening and just going right. At what point did you say I'm definitely going to play? Um, after the warm-up, I told Ish, you know, uh, you know, I want to finish the season out strong, man. I just try to get a win. Ended on a good note, you know, these last two. And I um, told Coach um, I wanted to start. I think he's going to bring up the bench, so I told him I wanted to start. At what point did you feel like they weren't going to be able to stop you? You got a groove going, especially in the third quarter. I just felt the way I was stacking the basket. I mean, uh, it's kind of watching Serge a little bit, man, because he come out of nowhere. He do a good job of, you know, um, Blocking a shot late, you know, and uh, you know, I just picked my spots, you know, you know, and I told AD, you know, we're gonna win this game, you know, and that's what I did. Um, you know, I don't see you dunk too often. It seems like you just go for the layup. When you had that steal and breakaway dunk on the bad knee, I thought, oh my God, he's really into this or something. Yeah, that, angry or I don't know. No, I was just one of those games where I just wanted to win. You know, no matter what it took, you know, uh, you know, I wanted to win the game. You know, I was feeling pretty good at that time. You know, so you know, uh, Carlos said I probably wasn't gonna dunk this season, so he wrong. <laughs> what does it say about you guys to win this kind of game? I mean, you lost eight straight, um, not going to the playoffs the last two games at home against two tough teams, but you guys don't fold up. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, uh, Kevin, you know, before the game, well, in the middle of the game, first half, like, man, what you doing playing? You, you should, you supposed to be hurt. I said, man, I just want to finish the season out strong and get as much run out possible because we might make the playoff and miss the game. So just want to finish it out strong. All right, so Tyreek Evans and the Pelicans back at it again tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at the Smoothie King Center when they host the Houston Rockets, a team that they have yet to beat this season. The Rockets last night with a win over the Spurs clinched the fourth seed in the Western Conference playoff picture. That means they have home court advantage throughout the first round, and perhaps they'll be resting some of their guys tomorrow night. And uh, we'll look for a nice ball game to wrap up the regular season there at 7 o'clock with coverage on the radio and on television, too, with Fox Sports New Orleans. When we come back, we'll catch up with Drew Holiday and see where the Pelicans point guard is in his recovery process from that stress fracture suffered back in early January. Back at the door. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. This is Pelicans guard Drew Holiday, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Tuesday Black and Blue Report. Lo and behold, we have a special guest we haven't talked to in a long time. That's Drew Holiday. It's really good to see you, Drew. I know that you've been, well, busy to say the least over the last couple of months. Yeah, uh, obviously going through surgery, um, rehabbing, been away from the team for a while, but 
um, back for the close of the season. And and obviously it sucks to see, you know, guys injured and go out. But at the same time, um, the way these guys have been playing has been awesome to watch. Has it felt like a long time to you since you've been with this team on an, on an everyday basis? Yes. Yeah. It's been a long time. I, I, I miss playing. Uh, I text coach, uh, you know, especially when I, when I wasn't here, that it was just it was hard. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, I love to see my team. And I think they had a really, really good month of March. But uh, it's, it's hard not to play. It's the first time you've gone this long, hasn't it? I mean, you were a pretty durable guy for a long time. Yeah, for a while I was. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, this is the longest time I've been out. Um, haven't even really touched the basketball here. You know, you can't, can't run, can't jump. I uh, can't put any pounding on my leg. So, um, it's tough, man. Do they do they then think sometimes when you strengthen one joint or one limb or whatever, do they worry about the integrity of the other because one's now so much stronger than the other? Um, obviously, rehabbing doing all that is is mental. Um, every time I've done something, they've always said. Uh, usually, you know, sometimes you do single leg work and stuff like that. But um, usually, when you do double work, they kind of say uh, not to veer away from that leg. Mm. Just notice that that leg's there, right. and um, really, I guess, just take on as much pressure as you can. So uh, just being conscious of that every time you work out and feeling that leg. And, and if you feel any type of stress or it hurts or whatever, know to tell somebody and to stop. But, um, you know, just kind of kind of push yourself to as much as you can, you know, at, at the same time. If all goes well, how does this play out over the summer and then as we inch toward training camp in the fall? Um, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be back ready to go. When, when do you think you'll start playing ball again, though? Um, honestly, I don't know. Um, you know, that's that's kind of what the trainers are thinking. I'd like to say in uh, at least a couple months, but uh, that's up to the trainers, the the doctors and all that who are obviously taking care of my leg. You don't seem nervous at all about the whole process. Uh, nuh-uh. Um, I, I just can't – I can't wait to get back. Um, the surgery was probably the toughest part, you know, again, just from a mental aspect, but I'm the type to, to really work and to want to get back and be out there playing and, playing against Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul and all that. So uh, obviously I'm going to take my time, but I want to get back as fast as possible. Too. I think fans love to hear that news. And we've been talking about this now for some time while watching the younger guys develop while you all have been hurt. Um, one can't help but be hopeful about what goes on here in the fall. Do you think that's the feeling shared inside this locker room too? Definitely. Um, obviously, you know, coming to the end of a season uh, can be can be rough, especially with with a record or a losing losing record or whatever, but um, I know for myself and, and talking to Anthony and Tyreek and, and Austin and even B Rob, how uh, we, we even felt this year we you know we should, we could have made playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's been a crazy season with all these injuries, and I don't think any of us have seen anything like this before. But uh, again, even even talking about it, we still think we could have made it this year. How's your lovely wife? She's awesome. Uh, she played two games against China. She scored in the first game. I don't think she scored in the second one. And right now she's playing in Kansas City. So, you know, she's, uh, she's balling. She, she's, she's working while I don't work. So <laughs> <laughs> There'll be jokes about that down the road, I'm sure. And tell her, quit kicking you in the shins, okay? I'll try to. Um, I'm usually nice to her. It's, <laughs> it's whenever she gets mad at me for something. So. <laughs> All the best with your rehab this summer. We'll, we'll touch base with you again and can't wait to see you back. All right, cool. Thanks, man. So that was Drew Holiday last night in the Pelicans locker room. We caught up prior to the start of the ball game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I referenced his wife in the interview there. As many of you may know or you may not know, uh, she is a professional soccer player and also a member of Team USA. And we wish uh, both holidays 
all the best this summer, and we'll catch up with Drew a little bit later on in the offseason to check in on how his progress is coming as we anticipate his return to the ball club for training camp 2014. When we come back, we'll uh, continue our NFL Draft Preview Series. We're up to the Titans now, and we'll check in on that Tennessee franchise in just a moment. Every year, people whose statistics say would die from a serious health problem come to Auctioner and live. To us, nothing proves quality more than saving a life no one else could. In fact, on average, statistics say patients who come here are more likely to survive than at other hospitals in the state. Incredible outcomes aren't just happening at one hospital either. Seven of the top hospitals in the state for survival rates are Auctioner. We're also Louisiana's only hospital ranked by U.S. News & World Report in eight different specialties and number one in the country by CareCheck's for liver transplant. It's no wonder people from all over the world come here. A higher quality of care. One more reason to choose Auctioner. And with hospitals and health centers all over the region, connecting is as easy as finding the Auctioner name. Learn more about why quality matters at auctionerquality.org. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. As promised, our NFL Draft Series continues today as we check in on the Tennessee Titans, who picked the 11th in the first round. They have a lot of things on their plate right there in Nashville, and we're going to see the Titans in the preseason as the New Orleans Saints will take on Tennessee, I think, in week two of the preseason. And with that, we welcome in Terry McCormick of TitanInsider.com. Terry, greetings. I hope it's not it's not snowing in Nashville now, is it? We had a few flurries this morning, but uh, that's subsided now as the temperature has made its way into the high 30s after it oh. was uh, 75 uh, two days ago. With weather like that, I feel like we should talk We should talk about a game, let alone the NFL draft. Yeah, it's really been crazy here. You know, it's been a really cold winter here, much colder than usual, and uh, for the last week or two, it had finally gotten warm, and then all of a sudden, here comes the cold again. It's, a, it's unbelievable. Uh, Terry, new head coach there with the Titans, Ken Wisenhunt, and I'm sure uh, plenty of question marks for the Titans going into the NFL draft in early May. With the 11th pick, um, where can the Titans go, or what, what needs do they still need to go after after this free agency is done and we turn toward the draft? Well, the Titans have done a decent job of filling the holes that uh, they had on their roster during free agency. They picked up Michael Orr to play right tackle. They picked up Dexter McCluster, who's going to step in and help fill the loss of Chris Johnson, whom they released about a week and a half ago. They've added Wesley Woodyard and Sean Phillips, both from the Broncos, to kind of bolster the linebacker situation as they switch from a 4-3 to a 3-4. And they've also added uh, Al Woods to play nose tackle uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they filled some of the holes that they had on the roster, including re-signing a few of their own free agents. So now in the draft, they're kind of able to go best player available at whatever position they feel like they need, uh, You know, not necessarily having to zero in on a pick like last year when they had zeroed in on Chance Warmack, knowing that they needed to fix the offensive line. I think they're in a position where they would love to see a run on some quarterbacks early in the draft, which would allow them to pick maybe from guys like Anthony Barr 
or Gilbert, the cornerback from Oklahoma State, or maybe Michael Evans, the wide receiver from Texas a just to be able to get the best player at a certain position on their board and not necessarily have to fill a need, but to add a guy who can come in and play right away and make an impact. They'll certainly get a good player at number 11. I don't think there's any question about that, Terry. Um, what about Jake Locker and his future with Tennessee? If there is a decent quarterback sitting there at 11, do they go that route? I don't think so. I think if they go quarterback, it will be more in the mid to late rounds. I think I could see them maybe going for a guy like Mettenberger from LSU or Murray from Georgia, McCarron, A.J. McCarron, one of those type guys maybe in – rounds uh you know three or four somewhere in that area now they don't have a third round pick they traded it last year so there's still the possibility that they're going to have to make some sort of deal on draft day to get back into the third round but uh i I don't see them taking a quarterback at number 11 I, i think their best hope is that some team wants a quarterback and that Bridgewater or Bortles or Manziel is still there at number 11, and they can get somebody to come up four or five spots and recoup that third-round pick in order for that team to pick the quarterback. Go back to your best player available scenario, Terry, and uh, talk to me about the different sides of the football. Who needs more help right now in Tennessee, the defense or the offense? Well, I think the defense simply for the fact that they're switching uh, systems. They're going from the 4-3, which they've run ever since they've been in Tennessee since 1997, and they're now going to a 3-4 with Ray Horton uh, directing that uh, on Ken Wisenhunt's staff as the defensive coordinator. So Horton is going to have to remake this front seven the way he wants it. So that means needing pass rushers on the outside. It means having inside linebackers who have some speed. They can float not only flow to the ball, on run plays, but drop back into coverage on pass plays. And it means having an, an anchor in the middle of that line, plus having some guys uh, on the edges there at, on, in the, at the end positions who can uh, kind of hold off blockers and free up things for those four linebackers. So I think the defense probably needs more work right now than the offense, even though they've added several pieces already. Terry McCormick with us from TitanInsider.com. Uh, Terry, who do the fans want? What's the talk around Nashville? What names are being thrown around? Who they, who would they like to see in that great uniform? I think a lot of people would like to see Anthony Barr, the linebacker from UCLA. He's uh, proven himself to be a pretty good pass rusher, even though he's new to the outside linebacker position and only played it a couple of years. And I think they see him maybe as a potential guy who could really uh, put some heat on the pass on the passer for other teams. And as you guys know, the NFL now is a throwing league. You know, the the days of three yards and a cloud of dust are pretty much gone. And basically things are dictated by how good your quarterback and receivers are on offense and how good your pass rush and your coverage is on defense. So they've not really had a homegrown pass rusher here since they drafted Javon Curse back in 1999, one that's made a big difference. And now that they're going to a 3-4, that guy's going to have to be an outside linebacker instead of a defensive end. So I think uh, you know a guy like Barr would be a guy who would really uh, excite the fan base here. Yeah, I think you're right. He's, a, a, I mean, a real great player. And I think, again, at 11, you guys are going to get something special here in the draft. When you look at, um, you know, you mentioned some of the names of that franchise over the years. They've had some some great uh, poster-type players. When it comes to a, a team poster or the front of the media guide or the pocket schedule, what who who do the Titans really have here, and do they have to find somebody quick 
to kind of be the face of the franchise? Can it be Locker, or has it got to be somebody else? Well, I think for now it's Locker, but I think uh, he has to show that he can stay healthy for a full season. I think they liked the direction he was heading last year. You know, he was playing much better. He was, you know, taking care of the football. He was making good decisions. His accuracy was better. I think he completed up over 60% of his passes. So I think they liked the direction he was heading last year, and they believed that with Ken Wisenhunt's tutelage, you know, considering how he revitalized Phillip Rivers last year in San Diego and what he did for Kurt Warner a few years before that, they think that if Locker can stay in one piece, that Wisenhunt can get him to a competent level as an NFL quarterback where that will solve the problem. Terry, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about that. You know, it's make or break really this year, though, for Locker because he does have that option of $13 million that's going to come up on May the 3rd. They're probably going to decline that. So then it's up to Jake Locker to go out and play well this year and stay healthy and then the leverage switches from the Titans' side over to his side because they'll want to re-sign him to an extension. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we know what players do when they get under that kind of a pressure. That's uh, that's interesting to say the least. Uh, Terry, yeah. when, uh, when go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to ask you uh, how else can we follow you, but if you've got more to add, I want to uh, I want to get that out there. Well, on uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TerryMC13, or you can see my work at TitanInsider.com. And, uh, you know, as far as the Titans go, like I said, I think, you know, this is really is a make-or-break year for Locker, and I think they're trying to surround him with as many pieces as possible, with guys like Kendall Wright, Dexter McCluster being brought on board. They're high on Justin Hunter's potential. You know, it's really a young offense that's kind of all the parts are going to have to mesh together quickly during this offseason, but it's going to be interesting to see exactly what direction this goes and how far Locker can take them. Man, it's a quarterback-driven league, isn't it? Everything surrounds that one guy under center there, doesn't it? Absolutely. Terry, stay warm, and uh, we'll look for you in the preseason, and I'm sure we'll have uh, some answers to some of these questions that we uh, talked about today, and then we'll get to see uh, maybe some of those things unfold there in August. Okay, thanks for having me, guys. You bet. Terry McCormick with us from TitanInsider.com as our NFL Draft Preview Series continues. Tomorrow, uh, we'll pick up with uh, the New York Giants, and we'll talk more about that when we wrap up today's show after this. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand, that's the power of people. Entergy. It's the final home game for the Pelicans, so you don't want to miss your last chance to see all-star Anthony Davis at the Smoothie King Center this season. It's our fantastic fan alley this Wednesday night against Dwight Howard, James Harden, and the Houston Rockets. The first 10,000 fans receive a team poster courtesy of Smoothie King. Tickets are still available for as low as $11, so call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report.
Well, we're about to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Don't forget you can follow the show on Twitter at Black Blue Report. That's where you'll get to the daily listings for the program and any other details we need to pass along about the, pro- the uh, podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Sean Kelly Live, and we're back at you tomorrow at uh, noon central. Yeah, again, we put the show up at noon central, but it's yours at any time. We call it No Appointment Radio. But on tomorrow's program, we'll preview the final uh, ball game of the season for the Pelicans, and we'll do so with David Wesley on a Wesley Wednesday. We'll also effort to have Anthony Davis for you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, and we'll continue our NFL Draft Preview Series when we check in on the New York Giants. Well, interestingly enough, the St. Louis Rams have uh, lobbed a grenade into the latest guessing game for money. As uh, we all saw during the NCAA tournament process, that there was a billion dollars on the line, thanks to Warren Buffett and his friends. Uh, The Rams are doing something uh, truly unique here in that they've announced a contest that says any person who predicts their 2014 schedule with 100% accuracy will win $100,000. So to win, participants must correctly hit on all facets of the schedule. Each week's opponent, location, the exact date of the game, and the date of the team's bye week. How about that? Now, if there's a tie, they're going to have a trivia contest to determine the winner. And now they're not the only team doing something with the schedule. The Buffalo Bills have now also announced that uh, if anyone correctly guesses their team's schedule, they'll win a a pair of uh, season tickets for life. How about that? So, anyway, two contests out there that may uh, pique your interest as we get ready for NFL 2014. Of course, the Rams will open the preseason this year by hosting the New Orleans Saints. That date still to be determined, of course. Great show today. Thanks again to uh, our friends from the Tennessee Titans for checking in. Also for Tyreek Evans and Monty Williams' thoughts after last night's win. And for Daniel Salerson putting it all together for us here on this Tuesday. Hope you have a great rest of the day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow from our Smoothie King Center studios in New Orleans as we prepare for the Pelicans and the Rockets, and we'll talk NFL, too, about the New York Giants. I'm Sean Kelly, saying so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.